All right, it's time to talk jazz basketball with Craig Bowlerjack. The TV voice of the jazz and Bowler's weekly interview is presented by University of Utah Health, trusted health care provider for the Utah Jazz family and yours. Bowler, good morning. Guys, how are you? Not as good as you, Bowler, because you're calling a game Saturday and you get all sorts of cranky when you don't call games. <laughs> you know who you remind me of? And not not completely. It's not a perfect match, but I was thinking about this the other day when I talked to you. You were just all sorts of fired up. And I mentioned something to Scotty, and Scotty's like, I said, man, Bowler was fired up. And Scotty just looks at me like, you know how he does that like, side-eye look and understand? He goes, you think? <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to call some games, Bowler. You need, to, you need to burn off some energy. Let's go. I do. I do, PK, DJ. I, I just need to get back into some sort of a uh, – daily groove and it's i'm getting there man I, I i pulled out uh you know my notes from the suns from uh just last year which wasn't long ago and uh i'm sitting here ready to, to start the, the process so you know training camp rosters are out for both teams and you know what's going to be interesting is to be able to see the suns twice in three days i mean we're going to do that a lot this season. You know, I think on the schedule, Dallas back-to-back, uh, New Orleans back-to-back. So I think it's smart. If you come to town, why not stay, right? And the same for the Jazz. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ready to see uh, this new-look Phoenix Suns uh, team with Chris Paul and Devin Booker in the backcourt. And, of course, uh, the new face is back. Well, an old face is back. Uh, but, uh, you know, returns to a team he hasn't played a couple of guys with. Uh, one being Bogdanovich and Jordan Clarkson, and that's D. Faves. So um, we'll see how this turns out. I'm excited. How much do you think these players get into this ranking? Are we just talking about some NBA guys got the Jazz seventh, which seems low to us? Do you think that's overblown, or do they care about that and use it as some form of motivation? You know, PK, throughout my career, when you ask a player anything about social, uh, anything about newspaper or radio, they say, I don't, I don't pay attention to that. But what's amazing to me is still the news trickles down to them. They may not read it, but family or friends, I guarantee you, let them know exactly what, where they rank and what area, of, if, if you're a guard, a point guard, whatever, or in the top 100 of ESPN's breakdown. I guarantee you they know. And you know what? I think they do use it for motivation. And that's okay. Whatever it takes to turn the switch on, or hotter, I guess. I think Gobert's one of those players that really is motivated by the lack of respect at times. And, you know, I don't know where Donovan stands with that. But I still think that anything that you can use to motivate yourself is a good thing. And, you know, everyone has different opinions on where you stand in polls and where you are behind what player and where you're going to finish in a particular season. If anything, the seventh spot would tick me off uh, personally because I would think, obviously, in my mind, we're a much better team than that. And I hope that motivates motivates each and every player on that roster to prove those alleged experts wrong. So not getting a big money contract extension might motivate somebody too, and it might motivate Rudy Gobert. And I have been trying to figure this out, and uh, Jake and 
Gordon had me on for a segment yesterday and were asking me about it. And, and they were saying, do you think Gobert will sign before the start of the year? And I, I guess I would, or the start of the season. And since that's now less than two weeks away, I would guess no, but I don't know the answer to that for sure. But I would guess no. I also don't think it's a big deal that he's not signed on opening day, but it could become a big deal pretty quickly because then you start getting interviewed all the time and it's right. out there. And so it's like, it's not a big deal on opening night, but like in a month, it could be a big deal. It could be a huge deal in a month. And then uh, I've talked to several people about this and there seems to be a consensus uh, not among people inside the Jazz organization, but people who watch the Jazz organization, that you know Hayward getting away uh-huh. with no, with nothing coming back. Normally, that'd be a problem because they drafted Mitchell. It ended up not mattering that much. Now you can argue if they gotten something back, they would have been in an even better spot. So, so maybe it hurt. But the fact is, they were still a playoff team. But they can't afford to have that happen with Gobert which no. makes the March 25th trade deadline a big deal. And the Jazz usually, although that doesn't mean it'll happen next time, but the last two times, they haven't gotten anywhere near the trade deadline. They've seen their move, and they've gone for it early. Corver was an early season trade. Uh, Clarkson was a December trade last year. So they don't tend to wait around for the trade deadline. So at what point... Should Jazz fans start getting worried about the Gobert negotiations? Because to some degree, every negotiation needs a deadline. Until you get close to it, where's the urgency? Yeah. So DJ, you bring you bring up a, a couple of really good points, and that is, I think the first one is, is that it, it's it's something that this team doesn't want to be hanging over their head. You make a great point. Look, this year is different with the media, as we know, is because there's not not going to be any access into the locker room. So. You really have no shoulder-to-shoulder opportunity with Gobert to ask this question on a daily basis, nightly basis. So what happens is they may bring him to the Zoom camera, you know, once a week. It just depends. But, you know, I think Rudy, knowing the way that he's handled things in the past, sometimes emotional, especially when it comes to his play and wanting more touches, as you remember, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see if he holds back or if he, you know, just plays his cards right and lets this and lets this play out. So let's move on to the second part of that: is that if it does hang over the Jazz, how does it impact this team? Because it's something you don't want. And if they would actually really consider, you know, trading this big man because they really are focused around his defense and then play out from that with three-point shooting and, of course, rim play. Uh, I think you saw them probably get as a buki, uh, as a, you know, to protect themselves and and another big, uh, and they got favors back for a reason, I think, in that regard, too, because they can play alongside Gobert and they can also play small uh, if they have to. Uh, So this is intriguing. It's, it's, you know, the Supermax, I think, is reserved for a very few. And I think the conversation, I have no idea what the conversations are, but my guess would be the conversations are, Rudy, look, um, we've extended Donovan, we've paid Jordan, we're going to pay you what we can and think you're worth. But you know what? I'd hate to see this go into a situation, as you said, DJ, where you have to Either go to the trade deadline, let him go out and search uh, for what his worth is, and then do the Hayward thing again. Uh, it just can't. I just don't think it can happen. But that's up to Dennis and Z. Um, 
you know, to, to make those decisions. Um, it's a tough one. It's a big financial commitment, by the way. And, that, and the ownership change, I think, PK and DJ, has something to do with this as well. Look, Ryan Smith takes over soon. I, I thought and, uh, that, you know, in the next week, if not tomorrow, that the Board of Governors meet and will okay the sale. So the decisions of finance have to lay on his shoulders, and I'm sure with the liaison of Steve Starks with Ryan and the Miller family, there has to, there, there's been discussions on what direction he wants to go. So it, it still is a, a tough time for Rudy because of the transition of ownership and then the decision-making to go the next step. And that next step's a big one, by the way, if you're going to go Supermax. How sensitive is Gobert in terms of wanting respect and all this stuff? In terms, you know, we saw that Hayward sort of pouted a little bit. I'm just mm-hmm. wondering, can Gobert is he going to go along those lines, or is he going to take it for what business is and, and just go on with it? You know, PK, that's that's another great question because you know people I've talked to, I think we all would agree. You know, you sometimes define yourself in this league by what your salary is and other players know it right uh and so again to be highlighted as a super max player is about as high of an honor that you could you can have except when you start stacking titles and mvps on the shelf so i i i think what i've learned from rudy yes he is an emotional player uh he does motivate himself with anger at times, he wears 27 for a reason. He felt like he was undercut there in the draft because he was better than the 27th pick. So, uh, yeah, I would think that if this isn't done uh, before the season starts on the 23rd in Portland, then it'll be interesting to see the body language and if, and if he's actually that in, you know, uh, engaged or if it motivates him to play angry and at a high, high level. It'll, it'll be really interesting to see what direction uh, you know he goes. Some players use it, PK, as you know, as the motivator. You play angry. Others seem to be withdrawn and maybe not as involved with the locker room. Um, so we'll see. You know, I can't predict it, but I think we're going to find out uh, just by body language and uh, alone to see what the hustle plays are. Uh, what the block numbers, you know, kind of begin in the first, you know, 10 to 12 games, and we can kind of make, make make a judgment from there. The best case scenario, obviously, is that they come to an agreement on some number that works for both both sides, and then you just play basketball and get it done. Uh, and then you've got your defensive base and you've got your offensive, um, you know, uh, firepower as well already signed in Donovan and Jordan. You know, they extended uh, Joe Ingles, and so – Really, everything's, everything is set financially except the Gobert deal. So I may be naive on this. wouldn't be the first time. But I'm not uh, – I, I know as it gets closer, jazz fans get wound up about it. Sure. I'm, I'm not wound up about it. I don't think anyone should be wound up about it until the Board of Governors sale is done and it's announced and the transition happens and Ryan's totally in charge. Yeah. Because we're in this gray area now where I think owners, I think it's understood that you know money is being spent, and if it's really significant, the new owner has to have a say. 
but it's awkward because they shouldn't have the say publicly because it isn't approved, even if we think it's going to be a rubber stamp and it is approved. So everything, yeah, stuff can go forward, but it can't really go forward. But it seems like once that goes public, then stuff can really accelerate. You know, what if this scenario plays out, that the day that the uh, the deal is okayed by the league, then Ryan's first real public announcement is the Gobert deal. I'm just wouldn't, thinking out. I'm just thinking out loud. I'm just thinking out loud. I don't know if it had happened that fast, but if it happened within a week afterwards, I think then we could all look back and say it wasn't as big a deal. The people who are the most wound up about it, it wasn't that big a deal. They were just yeah. waiting for the sale. Right. Right. No, it possibly could be exactly that. But again, as each day kind of ticks back, ticks away, and you saw that kind of the ease of the Mitchell and the Jordan Clarkson contracts, then that, I think, fuels a little bit of the, the concern or the doubt. And, you know, I think we all know, man, when it, when it comes down to not knowing or no answer happens, then the floodgates open of what ifs, uh, you know, conspiracy theories, right? Well, we'll see. You know, will they, won't they? Uh, would they trade him? Would they not? Uh, look, Rudy is a big part of what the Jazz are doing. And obviously, his, as he said to us on Zoom about a week or so ago, that he's concentrating on playing basketball and they have agents for a reason, right? I mean, that's really what agents are supposed to do is uh, protect and pretty much isolate a player from some the negotiations that are going on so there's no ill will um, between the two sides. Uh, ask Frank Layden about that when he had both <laughs> responsibilities, right, of a president and and, uh, and coach, and he was the one negotiating deals back in the Adrian Dantley days. So, you know, it's it's a touchy situation, but you know, one the Jazz are going to have to work through, and Gobert may have to bend, and the Jazz may have to bend too. That's how negotiations tend to to play out. So the Jazz signed this Shaquille Harrison. I don't know what type of impact he'll have on the team, but how cool is it that his brother made his Major League Baseball debut this past season? That's a talented family. Yeah, well, you know, he's from Kansas City, too. Um, oh, you know, PK. Oh, so, yeah, we're gonna, we can talk <laughs> Chiefs and Royals, you know, uh, with uh, Harrison anytime. But, you know, I, I think, uh, again, he's a guy that, you know, has NBA experience, um, you know, sons and bulls. Um, they, they like, I think, his, his size. Um, you know, he's 27, so he's, he's, he's matured in the league. He's made a stop, you know, in the G League. And um, uh, so I, I think, again, the Jazz are looking for players, you know, again, nuggets, that they continue to see and go, wow, you know, he's available. Let's give it a shot and see how he fits into the system of Quinn Snyder. Um, you know, can he defend? Yes. I think that's one thing that intrigues him the most. And then can he develop his, into his offensive game? I'm trying to remember, PK, you may have the – I don't have the numbers in front of me, but, uh, you know, I think in the league uh, he was about five or six a night with, uh, you know, three or – Four rebounds, I think. I mean, so so in the minutes that he was spent on the floor, he seemed to be pretty productive. And I think the Jazz hope that you know again another piece that they may be able to, may be able to use. Maybe they put him, uh, you know, store him away in the G League and then bring him back. Um, I'm not sure how that. I don't know if they signed him. Um, don't believe it was a two way. So I guess it would be that he would either can make or break the roster. 
I guess it's the way I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Do you buy that the Phoenix Suns are making this massive leap and are going to end up sixth in the West and uh, be in front of the Jazz? There's some predictions out there, and they're all predictions. I mean, they're all over the board, and you know, oh, they're sure. all worth the paper they're written on. But nonetheless, I, I see the Suns getting better, but that seems to me to be a huge leap in the hyper-competitive West. And that's yeah. even with me mentally downgrading Houston because I just don't think Harden's going to be there all year. No, he's got to take six COVID tests before he can go back. How about that? Yeah, uh, he's been jumping. I didn't realize he's been jumping around Vegas uh, as much as uh, I, I read yesterday. Uh, I'm speaking of James Harden. You know, if you look at the roster, uh, I mean, nothing really has. I mean, you get, you know, Jay Crowder's there, right? We know how hard he plays, and I think that will make them a little bit of a tougher team. Chris Paul also plays that role. Um, at the guard position, teaming up with Devin Booker. Um, it's intriguing. Chris Paul has been jumping around left and right over the last, what, four years. And so we'll see how he handles Devin Booker's stardom, by the way, and ball handling, and he's a high-volume shooter. So, you know, I think that was the problem with Harden and Westbrook. I mean, if, what, if, if Harden wants to go to, to Brooklyn to play with KD and Kyrie, good luck because there's not enough not enough shots to go around. I think those are... That'd be a nightmare for Steve Nash. On paper, it looks intriguing, but I'm not sure the personalities match. And that's what I'm waiting to see how Booker reacts to Chris Paul's veteran play. PK, I'm not, you know, we know what Jake Crowder can bring with some, a little bit of three point percentage at what, 33%. And he's kind of got the tough guy attitude, but that's a big leap. I think there's still hype from the bubble uh, coming into this season uh, and the addition of Chris Paul. Look, a lot of basketball to be played. Health and injuries play a factor as well, as we all know. But that's a big leap in my book. I'll agree with you, DJ, to go uh, that high uh, from just where the bubble was playing in and then obviously, uh, you know, making a splash in Orlando. And, and obviously I think people believe that the addition of Chris Paul is going to be the difference maker. Bowler, as always, we appreciate it. I look forward to you calling games and you won't be so, uh, you won't be so cranky. No, I, should get out of the grump, I should be getting out of the grumpy mode, PK. You know, you, you get a little grumpy, right, sometimes, you know? Or, am no, I right? PK, or, never. Never? No. He's always You've got a confused. smile on his face. You've confused him with somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I'm, I will. I, I'll have a smile on my face on Saturday. That's, that's, uh, that's for sure. And Monday and also next week, Thursday, and then the 23rd, and on we go. So, you know, I tell you, we always talk about what ifs, and uh, I guess we'll get some answers here soon, not only with the Jazz, but on the Gobert front as well. And yep. uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. Bowler, thanks. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Talk to you soon.